Matthew 23. Uh, it's got a lot of reading, so just keep your Bibles open and, uh, and we'll read it. I want to get this idea brought. I just uh, looked at it. Verse number, verse number one, Then Jesus spake unto the multitude, to the the disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees and the Moses seat, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, they uh, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they blind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and they lay them on men's shoulder, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all the works they do to be seen of men, they made broad their fractures and enlarged the borders of their garments. And loved the uppermost rooms at feast in the chief, seats in synagogues. And greetings in the market to be called a men of rabbi and rabbi. Verse number 13. But woe unto you, scribes, and Pharisees, and hypocrites. For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go into yourselves, neither suffering ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, making long prayer, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes, and Pharisees, and hypocrites, for ye can pass seas and lands, and make one proselyte, and then, and when he is made, you make him twofold more of the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whatsoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether, whether it is greater the gold or the temple, that sanctifieth the gold. Verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you say... Tideth the mint and anson, and they said, <laughs> and uh, Cummins, and have omitted the weighter matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith, and these ought to be have done, and not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow the camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but within there are full of exhortation and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanest first that which is within the cup platter, and the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you are alike unto the white sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are full of dead men's bones, and all unclean. Verse 29, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, ye build the tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we should not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. Lord, thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. Help us tonight, Lord. Just give me the words we need to say. Empty myself and fill me with thy word. Spirit, in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I, I love the word of God. Uh, it, it's here to help me. It's here to correct me when I get off course. It makes my course corrected in my life. It keeps me on the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I'm prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love sometimes. Sometimes I find myself getting off track. And then the Word of God through the Holy Spirit of God corrects my path. 
Matthew chapter 23 is a judgment passed on to the scribes and Pharisees and the hypocrites. The problem is they had added works to salvation. And to this, that thing is not even in the Bible. Works, the work comes after salvation. Works are never a pre-salvation act, but works are always a post-salvation act. Faith without works is dead, but faith must first come into your life. The sermon that Jesus preaches these scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, eight times he says, woe unto you. He said that, that was a, uh, you have been clean on the outside, but on the inside you're dirty. With each woe, he's getting more and more passionate with that woe. Is, woe unto you. He's, he's getting right down to the nitty gritty. I, I believe that a preacher should preach the sermon the same way Jesus preached it. If, if he was serious about sin, then we ought to be serious about sin. And he said you tied off your spice rack. You give the smallest and you brag about it. I bet you missed love, but you missed love, you missed charity, you missed faith, you missed hope, and you missed the weighty matters of life. They missed the most important thing. I asked you to go to church and say, I go to church. I, I, I pray. Talk to God like that means we don't have to go to church. A lot of times we think we say something, we are exempt from something else. Well, God is everywhere. He's in nature, so I can go out and worship God in the nature. No, baloney. If that was so, God would have put it in His words that you don't have to come to church. In fact, most of the New Testament is written to the church and for the church to be a part of the life of a Christian. If we really, really, really want to walk with God, we can't pick and choose and ignore the rest. That's what the Pharisees were doing. Isaac Watts said this in a hymn. Love so amazing, so divine, Demands my soul, my life, all the time. I was watching a documentary on World War II. I love watching history. I'm a history buff. I love them. And, and they was talking about in Japan, these kamikaze, kamikaze pilots. And, and I was watching them, and they said 1,400 planes dive-bombed 34 American ships. I thought it was interesting that word kamikaze means godly wind. I thought it was interesting. And, and the pilots usually range from 18 to 24 years old, and, and they were so gun-ho that, that they want to give their life to Japan like the old samurai swords, uh, uh, people back in the old days. So it was them, it was an honor, it was a duty, and they were following a godly wind. They gave everything. 
They're willing to, to follow that divine wind, whatever it is. And I thought, that, man, we really need some kamikaze Christians to really to follow that divine wind of God's will in our life and just do whatever God tells us to do, uh, go wherever God tells us to do, and, and just be a servant to God. We need more people that are more dedicated to God than anything else. We've got people in church that are dedicated to church, but we've got people that are not dedicated to anything and to God's will. Derek, Bonifier from Germany said God calls a man to come and die with him so that he may eternally have life. So this, this chapter really breaks down into five different, different parts. Preaching on the scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. He first deals with the hypocrites, first one through seven. Are, are, are we a hypocrite? What, what's, what's the marks of a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody who wants you to believe that they are something other than what they are. I, I played a lot of basketball. I'm not great at it. I was in high school. I was in the army, but I've gotten old. But I've seen guys step out on a basketball court and got their Jordans on. They got the Shaq shirt on. They got their sweatbands on. And you know, just by the look of them, they cannot play ball at all. They're not a ball player. You can just tell by the way they act, they, they're not a baller. They ain't a baller. And that's what, a lot, that's what a lot of Christians are doing. Uh, uh, we call them posers. They're, they're posers. They're just trying to be something they're not. We've got a lot of posers in the church today that are trying to be something they're not. Uh, they dress the part. They look the part. But they don't have anything inside them. They got no game at all. Right. Amen. You've heard people say, I, I, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. Well, don't go because if you do, then you'll be a hypocrite. How many, listen, how many of us will act better when we know someone is watching us? We all act better when we know the eyes were on us. We all do our best. We, we walk the walk. We talk the talk. We live our life that we're supposed to live. And we act better because somebody's watching. But what do you do when no eyes are on you? So what are we supposed to do? So what does it mean to be a hypocrite? They, they were inconsistent. They were great at telling others to do something that they would not do themselves. Amen. We all heard this old saying, do as I say, not as I do. 
Parents, you need to make sure that when you are doing something, you're telling your children to do this, that, that your actions speak louder than your words because when you tell them to do something and you're not doing it, let me tell you, that makes a big deal in their life. Uh, that makes a big impact on their life uh, because you're not doing what you're telling them to do. And say, hey, are you putting out the cigarette and ashtrays? Hey, hey, don't smoke that because it's not good for you. Really? Why are you going to tell your kids not to do that? As you putting out yours. Don't drink this. It's no good for you. As you drink yours. I'm telling you. Your, your actions speak a lot more than your words will ever speak. Amen. When you make a mistake, just get up. And get going on and keep on, get it right and go on. Because we're all going to make mistakes. There's none perfect here. We're all going to make mistakes at one time or another in our lives. And we'll probably make one before we get out of here tonight. Amen. Sometimes we just think the wrong thing and that just gets you in big trouble right there. And sometimes you can say the wrong thing and that gets you in even bigger trouble right there. We all make mistakes. They were inconsistent. They want to tell everybody what they wanted them to do, but they were not willing to do it themselves. They were inconsiderate. They put big burdens and big things on other people, but they wouldn't touch them themselves. They wouldn't do it themselves. They would not carry the weight on themselves. Can I tell you that bothers me? When as a Christian try to put other, these burdens on other Christians and other people that they don't want to even carry a burden. Woe be unto the pastor that will say, go and tell people about Jesus and he don't tell people about Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying we got people like that. Woe unto the church that don't tell people about Jesus and we don't get in. I'm telling you what, we ought to tell people about Jesus. That's why we're here. If the pastor is not telling people about Jesus, then the church is not telling people about Jesus. We've got them. We have them. They were inconsiderate. They were in, insincere. They want to to be seen as holy on the outside. But they didn't really care if there was holy or not inside or not. In fact, Jesus is dealing with this. He said, on the outside, you look awesome. You look good. You got it all together. You got everything coming together. But on the inside, you're callous and hard. There's a little blind girl. She was trying to learn to read to write, learn to read with the braille. And the only thing that she had in Braille that she could read was the Gospels of the New Testament. And she got to reading the Gospels, and she got so convicted she got saved. And she'd read that, she would over and over and over and over years, she'd read that, and next thing you know, she couldn't read it anymore because her fingertips then got so callous. She couldn't feel the letters anymore. She couldn't read the numbers. She couldn't do anything. And it upset her so bad. Because she could not read what she loved, the Word of God. 
that she said, God, I need something to help me to read the Word of God. And she reached and kissed the Bible. And when she did, her lips touched the words. And she realized she could read the words with her lips. And she started reading the Word of God with her lips. We've been church for so long that our, our, our hearts become callous and, and hard uh, that we need to start reading the, God, the Word of God with our hearts more, telling God, we need help from you, God. Not with just my hands, not with just my voice, uh, not with just my hearing, but my heart needs to be pulled out in you. Some of us have gone to church for so long that our fingers have become callous and hard and numb. So he deals with the hypocrites. Then he deals with the Pharisees in verse 23 and 24. In verse 23 and 24, Jesus begins to deal with them. He said, you pay tithes on the small things. You have an outward Compliance, compliance, but you have this inward failure. It, it, it doesn't mean don't do it. It just means make the inside match the outside. Many of you know some TV evangelists that's fallen by the wayside. Preach good messages, but all of a sudden they got caught up in things they should not have been caught up in. And, and right before they got exposed, they preached a great message. But their hearts were not in it. They weren't there. They still looked good. See, that's the problem with the Pharisees. They had the outside part down pat. They look right, they talk right, they walk right, they act right. Even when they got in the temple and prayed, they prayed the, uh, the big prayers that sound good. And they, 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 they done everything right on the outside. But on the inside, their heart was not right. Their hearts were not clean. Can I tell you something? When your inside is wrong, Sooner or later, it's going to show up on the outside. If you got something down inside of you that's not right with God, sooner or later, it's going to pop out on the outside of you. There was never an outward change. There was an outward change, but there was never an inward change in their life. The Bible says, for man looketh on the outside, appearance. But God look on the inside of heart. I, I get that. I get that. When we look on the outside appearance, that's why we should look good. Because we should act right, talk right, live right like a Christian. We are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We're, we're to be different pastor was taking a book to a lady that was in his church and she was battling cancer she was dealing with the heart and every time almost every time he goes over there to try to encourage her and lift it up she winds up encouraging him and lifting him up he said I brought you this book and I want you to read his own suffering she says I know that book 
He said, oh, you've read that book. He said, no, I wrote that book when I first got sick. The suffering. Can I tell you, if you really want to avoid becoming a Pharisee, then you got to know the book. You got to live the book. The problem is, we know the book well enough to get ourselves in trouble rather than out of trouble. Amen. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, I don't chew, and I don't kiss women who do. <laughs> well, I've got it going on, I've got it good. I can tell you just because you have a been, you've been a Christian for a long time doesn't mean that you're growing or healthy or a strong Christian. Just because you've been on the road for a long time doesn't make you more godly. I have been seeing baby Christians that are more committed and some have been saved long enough. You've gone about as far as you want to go. You're telling God, I, I, I'll do this. But I ain't going to do that. I've gone as far as I want to go. Pharisees, scribes, hypocrites, woe unto you. Lord, I go to church on Sunday. But I ain't going to tie. Woe on you. Lord, I, I'm not going to church on Wednesday because I think that's just too much. Well, woe on you. For those that's gone as far as you're going, you are putting burdens on other people. Just because you tied from your mid-drawer doesn't make you more spiritual than anyone else. Then Jesus deals with the scribes. He says, Pharisees, woe unto you. You see, we picked our church thing. We picked the thing that we want to do. This makes us spiritual. No, it doesn't make you spiritual. That's why God said, take care of your heart. Yeah. I'm in church tonight, so get off my case. That's about the little boy getting spanked by his mama. She was wearing him out. So she then said, now you go over and sit over there. He went over and sat down and grinned and looked at the teeth grinding on. He says, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> See, we might be sitting in church tonight, but some of us are standing on the inside and, and won't let God come and change our life. We won't surrender to God. We say, hey, I, I may be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm still in control. There was an outward cleanness, but an inward filth. He said, clean up the inside. So I, I don't care if the pot's dirty on the outside, but I'm sure picky if the pot's dirty on the inside. If you're going to cook me anything, make sure the pot on the inside is clean. 
Amen. I don't care about it. I don't because in Boy Scouts and the Army, the outside got dirty. But, buddy, we made sure we washed the inside before we put something else in there. A famous explorer went to Africa. He was going to get the big games, the lions, the tigers, the elephants, the water beasts. He was going looking for them big games. He got everything packed up, had his malaria pills. He was preventive. He, he made sure everything was going to go the way he wanted to go. And as he started out in the journey, he got 14 days in, they had to turn around and come back. You say, why? It wasn't the lions, it wasn't the tigers, it wasn't the water beasts, it wasn't the elephants. It wasn't malaria. It was chiggers. <laughs> that was eating their flesh up. The little things. The little things. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vines. It's the little things that add up to the big things, and it's the big things that destroy your life. What's the hidden thing in your heart tonight? Disobedient? Rebellion? Stubbornness? Come on. Willful sin. How's that one? Got stuff in our life. What is that you're hiding in your heart that's keeping you from living for God? The outside looks good. We all look good on the outside, amen. We all look good. I, I can say this. Uh, I, I think our church is good. In, in fact, I know the churches around here, I wouldn't trade this church for any other church around here. I, I, I love this church. I, love, I, I wouldn't trade this church. I, I'm happy with the church. And I, I know I'm not right all the time, but praise God, I know you're not either. So we have you like that. But I tell you, it, it, we may be looking good on the outside, but some of us may have something down inside of us that's saying, hey, I, I need to get cleansed. I need to get right. I, I need to get forgiven. And, and we need to come and say, God, this is what I've been harboring in my life. I need to get rid of it. I don't want to be a Pharisee. Amen. There was an outward comeliness and an inward fault. We all have faults. And it's time to come clean with them. Come to God and admit that we have a problem. Because that's all he's wanting to do because he already knows we have a problem. He just wants you to admit that you have a problem. If you cover your sins, listen to me, if you cover your sins, God's going to expose your sins. But if you confess your sins, God's going to cover your sin. Amen. I read this story. It just happened up in Kentucky what, a couple of months ago. They had a flooding. And the man took his daughter and swam to the shore and put her up on the shore and got up on the shore and put her next to a tree and said, you stay here and I'm going to go back and get my son. 
And, and as he got back to the water, to his car, the water started rushing in, and it was up to the window, and he had to bust the window in. When he had to bust that window in, the water rushed into the car, and he was reaching in there and trying to pull his son out. But couldn't, he couldn't pull it, and the car started to, to start drifting down the late river there, and he was, he was pulling and pulling. All of a sudden, he just, boom, pulled him out and swam by the said, Son, what was wrong? He said, I had my baseball bat you gave me, and I didn't want to lose it. He said, I bought you another one. I'm trying to save your life. See, there's some of us that got baseball bats that we were refusing to let go of. And God keeps pulling and keeps pulling and keeps pulling and keeps pulling. We refuse to let go of those things that's hindering us from walking with God. Let me just say, just let it go. Just let those things go. If you let it go, God can change you. God can save you. But you got to let those things go. Amen. But we all worry about what people think about us. What people will say about us. Let me just say this and we'll close. Don't worry about what people say or think about you. Worry about what God says and thinks about you. Amen. I don't care what people say about me no more. I don't get hurt feelings no more.